Good afternoon. Welcome to a, a rare episode of We Talk Movies. But this time we are going to have We Talk Movies versus the Cult Film Showdown, our other show with those weird hosts that I'm, I'm not too big a fan of. But anyways, we are going to talk about some cult movies. But right now I am your host, Brett Monroe, and I'm going to have my co-hosts uh, introduce themselves. So let's start at the far side there. Hey, yo, here we go. Small. Wow, that, that Whatever rhymed. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. Um, this is my name, and I'm um, part of We Talk Movies, apparently. For what? reasons of anonymity, I'm Chris. Well, um, what was the last movie you watched? Last movie I watched, uh, Orphan. Orphan, the, uh, that's pretty good. 2009 horror movie. Yeah. Uh, Brett? Well, actually, it's interesting because uh, we started to watch the Glenn Danzig Veronica movie on Shudder. And let me tell you, if you want to talk about some bad movies, well, that right there is a bad movie. It was the most... So so it's an erotic horror that features neither horror nor anything erotic. So, so it's basically orphan is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much right there. Um, yeah. Like they started making a Danzig video and just kept going. Well, and it's, and it's weird. Yeah. Like he's not in it. And so it's, it's taking place, I think in France. So what they do though, is that at, at a rare times they have these buildings. So it'll be like, they suddenly cut to a shot of cafe or it's boudoir or whatever. And if it's a French word, then it's good enough. And then they have these terrible, um, I think they're all veranda. Yeah. I, I, yeah <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think everyone that they hired was a stripper. Yeah. Well, you know, he might actually be in it. It's just the camera's set too high to catch him. Well, that, that, that not is the, also very not possible. The individual no. <laughs> so I'm Keith and the latest movie I watched was uh, blood hook. Mm. Uh, which is a slasher movie where the villain is a fisherman with a like oversized uh, yeah with a fi- oh, yeah it's a fishing hook yeah. Yeah. yeah that was on Tubi uh yes so it was Orphan yeah. oh good so you got everything yeah. on there yeah um, yeah I, I'm Chris and I'm really wishing I'd been prepped about this particular question because the last movie I watched was My Little Pony Equestrian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Well, the four of us are live here at the Calgary Expo where we're going to uh, jibber-jabber about some movies. But, uh, you know, like I said, we wanted to talk about what actually, you know, for us kind of makes a cult film versus a a B-movie and why we like, well, in our cases, watching Orphan, watching Bloodhook, watching um, My Little Pony. And uh, and watching Veronica. Wait, no, I didn't like watching it. So, but, uh, well, I mean, it's not about liking it to start. It's about uh, it's about swinging for the fences when you choose a movie. Because uh, I mean, not everyone was going to cl- uh, click play on that. And uh, I mean, you were already starting from Shutter and and Danzig before you even hit play. <laughs> well, it's it's true. I knew I knew exactly what I was getting into. Like there was no. It wasn't like I was looking at this and saying. This is going to be an awesome movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> I didn't I wish know there if I was going to like mine, but I did. But the I wish there hadn't been so, so that, much spoilers. What's that? Oh, yeah. I wish there hadn't been so many spoilers on the internet about the Danzig. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I watched Django before that, the 1968 oh, yeah. Italian. Oh, that's a, Western, that's a good so, movie. You know, I mean, you got to go all over the place. Again, also on Tubi. Got to love that place. How many Django films do you think are on Tubi on the top here? Uh, there's, I think there was five or six. Uh, Django films, of course, there's only two that are actually official, right? And the rest yeah. are just different people. I actually only them. think Django, the original, the Frank Nero ones. Are no, the 1987 Frank uh, did Django Returns is also uh, part of, uh, done by the same director and same, starring Frank Nero. The rest are all just some guy named Django that has nothing to do with it, but he happens to be in the, uh, the Spaghetti Western. And uh, just different people starring, different people directing, and it's all over the map because they didn't, yeah, well, they didn't copyright anything. They're part of the Django multiverse. Yes. Well, and it is a multiverse, that's for sure. There's like Django versus Dracula and stuff like that. I mean, it goes it goes all over the place. So then, how many... I mean, when we, obviously, we've got a, a pretty odd range between us here, but how many times do we choose to go to see mainstream movies then? I see quite a lot of uh, of the big 
uh, kind of explosion movies. You're uh, the only one who the watches theater. all the Oscars. I, I do. I do make a point of watching uh, as many Oscar movies as I can make it through. Uh, it, and I say that because sometimes there's like a mega depressing one and it's like the end of January. Do you want to watch the one about the, like the family who's being torn apart by Alzheimer's? I, I, I think not January. Uh, if you had the Oscars in like middle of August, I would watch it. But <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think usually I feel almost pressure to watch some of the big movies. It's like, okay, to, in order to keep up with everybody else, I better watch, you know, Spider-Man or Batman or whatever. Um, otherwise, I tend to fall behind because I'm watching old movies. I, I I love old movies, right? I mean, I'm I'm old. Look at me. I'm so old. It's well, I mean, and that's very true. I, I guess like the the question. Thirty seven. It's thirty seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thirty seven miles of rough road, maybe, but uh, yeah. in a row. <laughs> uh, actually, I mean, I would say the Oscars are. Uh, are really it's about uh, challenging myself to watch a different kind of movie, which is what uh, Tubi is as well. Uh, it's about trying something different. I, I was, I definitely would not have picked a three-hour-long uh, Japanese subtitled movie about a guy um, driving a car around a lot um, if it hadn't been for the Oscars. So. <laughs> this is the reason I stopped watching the Oscars. Right there, you nailed it. It's like the pretentious movies uh, and the, the back. Well, you know, back. Or clapping your own back, you know, and giving yourself self high five to At a certain talk, talk about how good you I are. I think the Oscar became a genre, genre unto itself. Yeah, there's that. That there's just so many artsy movies that won't make any money put out at a certain time of year, and that's all that's nominated. Despite the fact that they've increased the categories to actually include some popular movies. But you know those aren't the ones that actually showed up on the nom- the uh, awards boards at the end of the night. No. But Dune was Dune was one of the big winners. Um, but it, I mean, really, for the technical side, it's yeah, and that often that shows up a lot. I mean, yeah. you, you take a look at. I mean, go back to the Lord of the Rings movies. Even that's how a lot of the superhero movies wound up kind of breaking into the yeah. Oscars as well. For example, Oscar award winning The Suicide Squad. which is a great movie but but Uh, you know but but no but the the suicide squad is a great thing because in its own way it's it's like a cult movie which which one are we talking about the second one no the the first one the first first one won an oscar yeah Yeah. first one has an oscar okay fine the suicide squad is is the good movie then but yeah but (laughs) but you know i mean that's the first one's a suicide squad (laughs) yes I mean that those like that movie. The second one is is almost akin. I mean, it's a superhero movie, but it's almost akin to a cult movie. It is. I, it was described. I think I can't remember who said this, but somebody, and I think it was one of you, who told me this. That it's a trauma movie with a hundred million dollar budget or something like that, and that's basically true because James Gunn came from trauma, and that's where he cut his teeth, right? So. Yeah, I did. I didn't find the the Lloyd Kaufman cameo, but I assume there is one. There, <laughs> there is in every James Gunn yeah. movie, as far as I had pretty much every one. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I, I just find I it... do believe he played uh, Judo Master and Peacemaker. <laughs> we'll never know. Never I, I just find it interesting because because I mean that's the thing. I think when people a lot of people think about cult movies, I mean it's easy to think about the B movies as well, like the Plan Nine from Outer Space and stuff like that. But but people make are making cult movies now but a lot of them are some of them are like failed big budget movies and some of them are even successful big budget movies well maybe that's a perfect uh, way to transition into the uh, into the actual movies that we have uh, clips to play out here to show the difference between a cult movie and a mainstream movie and a uh, B movie and a uh, I guess Wannabe is what we're calling. Uh, yeah, a wannabe movie. Yes, I, I, I can't wait to learn because I mean, it's been a long pro- teaching process for me. All right. Well, ultimately, uh, Keith, you're the one who picked these, uh, and, and so uh, we're about to watch the. We'll watch the uh, cult films first. Uh, uh, what two films are in the cult film? I don't remember. Uh, Showgirls <laughs> and Reaper the Genetic Opera. No, that's in the no. wannabe. So just just play it, and we'll be yeah. all, we'll, we'll all be surprised. We'll, we'll all be surprised. <laughs> it will be fantastic. Was behind choosing this particular one, but uh, here's a fantastic clip from a fantastic movie that is uh, a huge budget, and yet is still definitely a cult film. Oh, is it Fantastic Four? <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and I forgot that uh, we're using old technology here, so give me a half a second to get this sucker going. Next time I'll have it all queued up in time. Here we go. That's okay, it's a podcast. Did you get the right one? Basically, packing material wrapped around his cases, which I thought was well, that's the thing. We got two wildly different, definite cult movies. The one I think was a sixty million dollar budget, Showgirls, and they paid uh, the writer. I can't remember his name. Joe. Oh, Paul Verhoeven, or was it Esther House? Oh, yeah, Joe Esther House. Yeah, and he uh, got paid uh, like a record amount of money for it uh, for the script because it was so good. And, uh, <laughs> Spot on. And the other one is is a smaller budget one, but definitely it's it's not it's still mainstream because it's got a lot of mainstream stars, a ton of them, right? Recognizable names, and that's part of why I think it's uh, got its cult following the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I think that I mean they've got the th- the elements that I usually think of for cult. Uh, first off, it was unsuccessful in the theater, Very. and it was a mainstream movie. It was unsuccessful. Uh, there's an irony and uh, to watching it that, uh, especially Showgirls, it is so campy when you kind of get into the mindset of camp. Um, it wasn't intended that way at all. <laughs> and Peter Weller recently said about Buckaroo Banzai, uh, nearly 40 years later, if you can explain it to me, please do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, both those clips have one thing in common, sincerity. Um, you can tell the filmmakers really thought they were saying something and it was going to be good. Maybe not, um, but that kind of sincerity does translate to an audience, which is why I feel they find audiences after the fact. Robert. Yeah, I, I will. I will say that it's probably true. But you think they thought Showgirls was going to be good? No, they, they thought Showgirls is going to be NC seventeen and it's going to make some money. Yeah, but it, I mean, and it's interesting though because because I mean, a the acting's not good in that clip at all, but I, I just think it's it's almost like the way it was written is that they were it was somebody's 
view of what it would be like to be a girl traveling to Vegas to become a showgirl. Like, like it's it's like it, it is truly written by the mind of a man who is trying to think of like mm, this is what it must be like to be a girl. <laughs> yes, we've seen plenty of times when men write for women how how they nail it. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on. You bet. Killed it. All right, let's go to our next one. This is an example of uh, of uh, let me see the wannabes. So we got wannabe movies here. Uh, I believe Sharknado Two is in this, and this is the one with Repo Genetic Opera. That's correct. So I believe That's Sharknado is starting us off here. So good example of wannabes. They try too hard. Um, a cult film. As long as it's not Space World. I swear this time I had it queued up. Mm -hmm. uh, we're mm -hmm. using, have I mentioned, old technology? Come on now. Well, I thought we were old technology, but, uh, well, but this that is... as well. That's okay. Brett will fix it in the edit. Fix it in post. <laughs> this is a movie podcast after all. There we go. Okay, repo is first. I hate this song. Who did that? So you think you got hearts? So you think you got balls? So you think Mac can sing? I don't think nothing at all. So you think Mac has pipes? Well, it's my turn to shine. With the rainbow next strike! What are you talking about? Max Contract got some mighty fine print. Some mighty fine print? And that mighty fine print puts Mag in a mighty fine predicament. If Mag up and splits, her eyes are forfeit. And if Gene Cole and Roddy so will it, then a repo man will come and she'll pay for that surgery. 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 <laughs> I think Shark, yeah, Sharknado is slightly different because, I mean, they, they absolutely knew what they were making by the second one. Uh, it, it, the first one is surprisingly not that crazy. Uh, like it really, like it was sold on the, the name um, and kind of became a, a viral thing. But by the second one, they knew exactly what they were making. Uh, Repo, I don't know what they thought they were making. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I've only seen like clips of it and that was enough to kind of scare me because... Yeah. Uh, I think they were trying to make, you know, a new Rocky Horror Picture show yeah. or whatever the hell it's called. Well, I, I think if it. the filmmaker is aware of the cult, uh, of the cult genre, and are firmly aiming in that uh, that zone, I think it almost ceases to become a cult film and becomes a wannabe. Well, you can't watch it ironically if they knew what they were doing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that element does have to be there. The of it being just like silly to even be watching it. And I think uh, I think personally, anytime you put Paris Hilton in a movie, 
your wannabe? Uh, Paris Hilton uh, is in the most movies in the bottom 100 on the IMDb of anyone. That, is she? Yeah, really? she didn't even make that many that does movies. That's not surprising whatsoever. <laughs> I think this is the hi- this or House of Wax are the highest rated film on IMDb for uh, her, her entire Actually, oeuvre. I like House of Wax. <laughs> it's not because of her. That was a French word. Was there a scene in the, uh, in, in the oeuvre? <laughs> yeah, in, uh, the I, film? I didn't. Re- I didn't. I don't remember seeing that. But you know, an interesting thing to to note about the Danzig film is when we talk about you talk about genetic, like repo the genetic opera and wanting to be another Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, that's what it says in the write-up on Shudder for Veronica is that it's just like in the vein of Rocky Horror Picture Show to be watched with a rowdy crowd of people and and all I could think is just like a rowdy crowd of really bored people <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I think whenever anyone pitches it that way like if I feel like some producer should remind them that Rocky Horror didn't make money for like 20 years <laughs> well and and the thing was is that is that yeah Rocky Horror like it was a hard sell at the beginning mm-hmm. like Nobody, you know, nobody knew what to make of it. Now everybody knows what to make of Rocky Horror because you know what Rocky Horror became. It's a complete accident, but, though. It's yes. not something you can do on purpose. Well, and look at and look at shock treatment. He tried to do it again, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah. even the same creator couldn't do it. Exactly. Twice. I mean, it's just one of those cases where where you know lightning managed to strike once, and to expect that you can be the next person is is, you know, uh, I mean, folly at this point. Did the Danzig film even get a theatrical release to have Come this? on, no, of course not. <laughs> I, I, I didn't can't. see it and I know that. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just thinking to be watched with a rowdy crowd. <laughs> yeah. If it's drag streaming, I don't see that happening too often. So we got this. We got this movie that we're releasing streaming during a pandemic. Uh, we definitely want you to get all of your friends together. <laughs> bring everybody. Bring everybody to to over to Glenn's house. That's one hell of a marketing strategy. Strategy. Uh, so here's an example of a couple of true B movies and. Keith, you don't remember what they are, do you? Nope? Okay. No. Oh, I, I think I do. They're movies. Do? All right, what are they? I believe, I believe it's uh, Ninja 3, The Domination. Oh, yeah? Okay. And another one. And another movie. <laughs> Here we go. I, li- I like your... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you are. Hard Rock Zombies. Hard Rock Zombies. Opening us up.
by a show of hands, how many people have had that happen to them? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah, not, not nearly enough, I'm afraid. No, uh, to describe it, it, it was a floating sword that's clearly possessed that uh, looks like a lightsaber. That she turns her apparently evil from that look. Uh, <laughs> that's right. It's the wonderful acting, it's the special effects, as everything comes together to make it film that's so bad it's good. That is a true <laughs> B-movie right there. <laughs> well, Hard Rock Zombies had so much, uh, so much heart to it. As, uh, just, I mean, people that were really enjoying what they were doing. Um, and that, that, was, that was a clip from the, the new remastered uh, high-definition Hard Rock Zombies that just came out. We've... Uh, our friends at the Cult Film Showdown, apparently that they got that much pull, they can get a remaster of Hard Rock Zombies. Well, I mean, as anybody would should, I mean, truly, when you, when you look at the movie, although, although it's a mess, like, I'm surprised that you were able to even pull clips out of it that, that, uh, that made any sort of sense, like Hitler. <laughs> I mean, but we, well, we knew that... that doesn't make sense. No, no. No. It's actual Hitler. Yes. I... I really like that uh, that Ninja Three is uh, it's so earnest and like they just make every bad choice they could make like everything they do is just the wrong way to do it. Yeah. I, I, I think um, the definition of a B movie has to have something to do with I want to say love, but in say the case of maybe uh, Don, uh, Ninja Three, maybe it's just gumption that. You know, we don't have the resources, the talent, or anything else, but God damn it, we're going to make this movie and we're going to make it our way. I think that's what creates a good B-movie. That's certainly what gives a movie like Hard Rock Zombies or Ninja 3 its heart. Mm-hmm. Is, is there is an earnestness to them, right? Yeah. Well, and they, and they all gain a certain amount of longevity because, I mean, uh, uh, like Ninja 3 has a, has a nice fresh Blu-ray release kind of thing. <laughs> we got uh, Hard Rock Zombies has a nice fresh Blu-ray release. I mean, it's crazy because I doubt that, especially in the case of Hard Rock Zombies, that they would have ever uh, envisioned that when they created it. That, that, wow, people would be watching this 20, 30 years on. Yeah, and you see people who are reviewing these movies, these type of movies, and the following, just just the reviewers have of these type of movies, never less the movies themselves. It shows, you know, just the, the, the pull that they have. Well, so many, so many people who are in this kind of movie just, like, vanished into, uh, into like, regular lives instead oh, of... Uh, I you thought know, you were going to say porn. <laughs> well, I mean, by, by, by the 80s, know. that too, yeah. <laughs> by the 80s, that too. Uh, but like so many of them, uh, you know, don't find out until later that these things have become uh, the cult movies they are. Uh, Lucinda Dickey, who is the star of Ninja Three, was in four films, uh, all within like a three-year period, and then retired. All canon, uh, and she's her. I mean, this and um, the Breaking Boogaloo Two. Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. That's it. Uh, two, like... two. Uh, yeah, the two Breaking movies and. Uh, cheerleaders of blood or something like that it's a it's like a yeah it's a cheerleader slasher she, uh, she oh, i know well. what i'm doing tonight <laughs> she married well though i i think she married a producer or something like that who was well off so. yeah she was a choreographer uh professionally for for her career and um and i think that uh breaking kind of kept haunting her through the years but <laughs> yeah yeah well you can see i mean you don't get much of it but there's plenty of dancing from her in ninja three Plenty of dancing. Now, not at a time that would make sense, but there's plenty of dancing. Yeah, it's an it's an odd decision, anyways, to to hire her for the movie. But I mean, again, that speaks to what you said, where every decision was an odd or bad decision. <laughs> yeah, it's the odd decision to hire her as a movie where she becomes a ninja and she doesn't know any karate or anything like that. Has no martial arts training. She becomes a ninja, or is the the fact that. They used a stunt double that was a man for her. Um, which one is the odd choice here? Yeah, uh, but I, I suppose on the plus side, at least unlike some movies, they chose uh, they chose a Caucasian man instead of a instead of a like a black fellow. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. There's so, there's so there are movies like that 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 are happy to, <laughs> to there, use. There are so much worse decisions in that movie. Oh I yeah, think you're picking on now. Oh no, I yeah. just it's just. I wouldn't have done with tomato juice as erotic 
fodder of any sort. But yeah, I think the uh, cult film showdown might cover that. Yes, yes, yeah. I think that is pretty fair. Uh, what do you say? Should we uh, turn it over to our to our cult film cohorts? Yes, absolutely. Our other hosts. Nobody will recognize. That's right. The cult film showdown hosts. In fact, right. now it is cult film showdown. Hit it. Yakmala, Yakmala. Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown, and I am truly excited to kick the We Talk Movies people off of the stage, and we are bringing in the Cult Film Showdown to the Calgary Expo. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am truly pleased to be joined by my good friends, and right beside me, I have James Cotta. I'm thrilled to be here at the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo, or Calgary Expo of Comics and Entertainment, whichever one they went with. Sure. I call him Jim, by the way. Okay. And and over there, beside him, I have Nick Boxer. Greetings and salutations. I have to say the private plane was a very welcome surprise to get me here to the Calgary Expo. Well, we had to do something, uh, because I know normally it's very, very challenging to get you here. Well, I said first class. But... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. And speaking of uh, first class, we have the exact opposite, Jack Hall. Yeah, hi. Jesus, this thing's uncomfortable. I can't even squeeze <laughs> <stop. laughs> Uh, I wish I should have gone with fake uh, eyebrows. No, and and when we rip it off, you're taking some skin with it. Uh, It's his first time with the in under the garment, so (laughs) of course it's going to cause a little kicking. Yeah, so we are talking about uh, true cult films now. We're going to show some clips from some movies. I don't think anybody's ever thought to do this before. No, I I think this is is fresh. This is, you know, everything that we do is fresh. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's what those, you know, dorks that we talk movies don't understand. Yeah, that's right. It's a fresh take. All right, let's show some of the reasons these movies are great. Uh, these are cult films. Uh, these movies, like I say, uh, the, probably the greatest thing that mankind has achieved uh, is these films that we're about to show. Yeah, these it, are was the like, three highest it was like fire films. and then these. Yeah, no, yeah. Fire, internet, and nature three. Oh, what about sliced bread? Uh, no. No, well, not okay. nearly as I, no, I would uh, I would give up sliced bread before I gave up these. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that, that's actually really these fair. These are <laughs> I also like faking the moon landing would be like <laughs> next, like right maybe that's right after these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're also well, they had amazing. Much bigger budget for that. That's than, true. Yeah, uh, for any of these films. Yeah, so that, that's true. We, that's we, less we, of a. These are the film. three highest scoring uh, films in the octagon. Explain the octagon, please, James. Absolutely. So in our in our search for the ultimate B-movie, we rate each film in five categories, none of which are objective quality. Uh, this We end up with a score out of 100, and uh, the Octagon is our tracking of every movie we have reviewed on the uh, podcast, and its final number. Uh, and uh, there's over 100 movies on it now, 120 maybe? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And, uh, and the, the, the cream of the crop is... Uh, are, are we seeing clips from both of the top films? Uh, the top three. We have, because uh, right. number two is a tie. The number one film is Hard Rock Zombies. It's well ahead of everything else. Uh, it is cr- truly mankind's greatest achievement. <laughs> then you have the greatest film of all time, Ninja 3 The Domination. And then you have the greatest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life, Miami Connection. So you have all of these movies, and the Miami Connection, of course, and Ninja 3 are tied both at, uh, for second place. Uh, so, what are the five categories that we rated on? Uh, we rate them in uh, schlock, uh, heart, um, and three others. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more importantly, what do we do we not? There's there's WTF uh, moments. There's WTF. memorable moments. And then there is the uh, the last category. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy concept. Concept. Crazy, crazy, concept. crazy concept. concept. And I'm so so off. none of none uh, of these categories is objective quality is the most important thing. I, I can't continue to talk with it. No, <laughs> I know. See the because uh, was. I hope you didn't spend much on those. Um, <laughs> are they, we could return them. 
sanitary. That's perfect. There's no yeah. oh, no way they won't so take of course, these. Schlock appeal. How much? How much? The fact that it's a B movie makes it you know makes it golden. Makes you enjoy it. Uh, the more heart than budget. You know. I mean, how much? How earnest is it? Um, yeah, how far did you go with the money you had? I mean, we got something like Ninja Three that was like a six million, five or six million dollar budget, and how much did you make of that? Um, how many explosions were you able to put in your two million dollar budget yeah, movie that you didn't take from someplace else already? And you know, I mean, the WTF that kind of explains itself. I mean, there's a lot of WTF movie moments, and that's often what make these enjoyable. That is our favorite category to score, and uh, you know, it's easily. Easily the longest category to score generally in these films, <laughs> as they have so many of these moments. Memorable moments, that kind of means a moment where, on purpose, they actually created something you remember. On purpose, they actually created something good or, or like, memorable. Yeah. You know, it's not a by accident like the WTFs. And uh, crazy concept, again, kind of explains itself. So, let's, uh, let's, which movie do you want to start with? Miami Connection, Ninja 3, or Hard Rock Zombies? Well, why don't we why don't we rise up to the beginning? So we'll start with either Miami Connection or. Uh... All right, this is a clip. It's available on YouTube. I do recommend it to everybody to go watch it. Is uh, Miami Connection best moments? It's called. It's about seven minutes long, and uh, it's entertainment wrapped up in seven minutes. dialogue. That's what I like about this. What are you here for, man? Where's my time? I thought I fired you. What? You yeah, you fired me one because of goddamn dragon sound? That's bullshit. They came in here to play goddamn songs for kids. Now who you bullshit? They play a lot better than you, man. You yeah, play goddamn kitty music. Your music's for old people, buddy. Fact, man, you don't know what music's all about. I tell you what, are you deaf? You yeah, because your music's for old people. Okay. 
father was a black American. She gave me this picture when she was real sick. I was only nine years old. They said that they loved each other and they were real loyal. But then when he finished military duty, he left. And we never saw him again. She told me to find him. But I didn't like him because he left us. But I knew one day when I grew up, I'd find him. Whether he was dead or alive. I sent a couple letters to the to Mr. Department. Better Excuse me, madam. May I have a little kiss, please? A little kiss, please. Come on. Come on. What? Who the hell are you? Jerk. An asshole. And you know, you may be wondering what that has to do with the beginning, and even more so, ninjas. Because <laughs> this movie is chock full of ninjas. And it is, is the strangest mix of stakes of any movie I've ever seen. Yeah, because apparently everybody in Miami knows some form of martial art, and everybody fights with it, uh, just a varying degrees of success. <laughs> Well, and, and the thing is, is that, so they mentioned Dragon Sound, the band, the house band. So we don't see Dragon Sound in this case, but we do because, you know, that's the the people that live in the house. They're the yeah. band Dragon Sound. It, it that's, often happens that, you know, men uh, gather together and share their feelings with the shirts off uh, in an apartment. It's, it's a common thing. I, I think uh, I've done it myself a couple times, you guys. You guys remember that time? Well, you know, I mean, I mean, back when we had the the cult film Showdown House, you know, where it was it was just the four of us in a house, and it was always weird movies, and you know, things happen like shirts come off, and and you found feelings. It's just, yeah, yeah, you know, I know. I mean, that's it's it. just I didn't get to this viewing that they were all orchids. <laughs> no, no. Well, you took you have to listen to that about three times that line before you understand what he said. So, yeah. I, I think that that monologue, though, would make a great piece for your high school drama class. As like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's way better than you know, on the waterfront. <laughs> oh yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I mean, Marlon Brando is nothing else. Who would have nailed this? Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, a couple, a couple. All right, we got shorter clips here. Ninja 3, The Domination. This is uh, the Trancers fight, it's called. I don't know why Jack's it's called favorite that. Fighter, it's, yeah. uh, uh, anyways, it's, it's Ninja 3, so it's great. This is after she's been possessed by the sword. Ninja. <laughs> That's tremendous. It's too bad. It's Thank almost worth watching. Oh, watch this one. Yeah, that's just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you can't get the general gist of what's going on, the English dialogue would not help the clarity of the story. 
I think I'd like to watch the entire movie. Uh, uh, like that. I, I, I did. What, I is, <laughs> what is incredible about that scene is that uh, we watched uh, Lucinda Dickey get attacked by a gang. Uh, the guy with the vest is a police detective who watches this entire thing happen and waits to see how it turns out. And, and, then, and then he's very upset afterwards and, and he's blames mad at her. her. Yeah, yeah he's, yes. like, he's like, you beat those guys up. That was not nice. You know, like five guys are trying to get on her. And uh, well, yeah, But that's another... Usually they'll draw a crowd where people don't get involved, though. You'll find that's uh, usually the case. But, you know, and this is such a common theme in these movies, in the cult film movies where where it's just like muscle bound guys are going to pick on a woman almost certainly. Yeah. It yeah. it is a phrase I say a lot in the movies that we do on the show is uh, I don't know why anyone is doing anything right now. Yes. <laughs> yes, now there's a 50/50 chance that this next clip is is in English. Spanish, so you know. <laughs> ahead of time. I'm pretty sure the last one isn't, but uh, this one I, I couldn't tell you. It's the uh, it's the <laughs> the wonderful exorcism scene. Oh, this will be in English. Now you say that now. I say that now. <laughs> yes, this is officially released from Shout Factory. Who did the DVD, the or the Blu-ray? Shout Factory TV, changing the channel. And we get some advertising going for it. Why not? They should sponsor us, anyways. Is he in you? Yes. He is. He wants you to stop. Who are you? I couldn't even describe what was happening in that scene. The, I, the cop does spend a lot of this movie surprised. Yes, he really does. <laughs> we definitely didn't score this high enough. I mean, there's so many scenes, and, and the entire opening is about 15 minutes of a, a ninja trying to assassinate a guy on a golf course. Like, Which is one of the best scenes around, because, I mean, there's about, like, 150 cops. Yeah. Yeah. And and they shoot machine guns at the ninja and then And he gets hit. 
Oh, oh yeah, oh he gets he gets, he gets <laughs> hit constantly, and he and he hides everywhere. Like this is the truest definition of a ninja in that he can hide in a tree, it's, he can hide it's on the ground. The middle of the day, it's bright sunlight out. He's hiding behind a little bush, and nobody can see him. He's a ninja. You know, having just watched those two clips back to back like that, and having also having seen the entire movie in its entirety several times, but watching those two clips back to back. Even now, I would almost lay money they were from different films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, starring the same person, yes, exactly. Yes, and now probably the most infamous scene. In fact, that's what this clip is called, the infamous V8 scene. Uh, not as good video quality, but it doesn't matter. This is, this is gold. <laughs> I like your pajamas. That was quite a show you put on in your car. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get... So is the only thing that you have on hand. <laughs> so. basically, uh, that is basically it. They were like on set and then she's like, I'm not uh, taking off my clothes on camera. They're like, well, we have to do something to make it erotic. What do we have on hand? Catering had a can of V8. And they decided that uh, they would use it and just have her pour it on herself. Uh, yes, I've watched the- As uh, one does. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you something. When you're listening to the commentary track and uh, listening to Dindy, Dindy, ah, miss up my Dickie. Dickie, thank you. When she uh, is talking about this scene, uh, it's interesting. It's an experience just listening to her try and explain this and keep her dignity. It's, it's something else. <laughs> now, now, Jim, no. choice of one of those two things, I think, for that scene. Now, in your case, I mean, you're married. So, how many times have you poured? V8 down your chest so that she can, uh, you know. <laughs> I think gives, it's proprietary. Yeah, it gives, it gives whole new meaning to I could have had a V8. Yeah. <laughs> uh, genius, that is definitely, I, I think that's as much as great as Hard Rock Zombie is, that's still, I think, my favorite film. Just, just so insane. Yeah, but, but it doesn't have Hitler. Is, now, if Hitler it, yeah, was right. using this, V8, it then, have, well, it doesn't have Hitler. that's fine. Yeah, you're right. Uh, if it had Hitler, it would be a no-brainer. But here we go. This is uh, the music video, a music video with a bunch of clips here. So we'll uh, just play part of it. But uh, some of the clips from the movie, just to show you a few of the insane things. I could not find my favorite scene, which is them uh, walking around. There's these zombies who get their, guess it, hard rock zombies, right? There's a hard rock band. And, and zombies, and, uh, and Hitler. And uh, the people of the town, they decide they're gonna hide from the zombies and, and, and they get in this old uh, theater and they decide to hide from the zombies by hiding behind like giant heads, like three foot by four foot giant heads of like old celebrities. So it's like James Dean and, and uh, Marilyn Monroe and stuff like that. And they're just holding it up there over their head and, and hiding among the zombies who could not tell the difference between them and uh, and apparently that those are zombies because they're also dead people. I don't understand, I don't know. What's it, did zombies eat brains so zombies are afraid of heads? Yeah, they're afraid of giant heads. It made no sense, but I love the movie. Yeah, exactly, it's, it's, it's uh, something else. I couldn't find that clip, that's the one I was looking for. So uh, the music from this thing is, it, one of the fun, funny things is, it's by a, a, I mean, a real musician. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Sabu, who's actually worked on like over a hundred albums, uh, like for a variety, and like he's he's done a lot of really quality songs, and and the songs in here are really good too. But but he is a like a real musician with a real career. That uh, that soundtrack is available on uh, deluxe vinyl, yeah. uh, and. Uh, 
So truly, we are in the new golden age of hard rock zombies. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, now we can have remastered hard rock zombies on Blu-ray and also hard rock zombies on vinyl. So, uh, the Blu-ray has extras. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's like um, like a making of that's almost as long as the movie. Now that actually that actually brings up the uh, how did this movie get made? Because uh, that's an interesting story itself, there, Jim. Yeah, we call that the the crazy concept is really like. The original idea of Crazy Concept was, how did they walk into a producer's office and pitch the movie? Uh, and uh, obviously Ninja 3, we still have no clue how you would have convinced someone that they should I put money in. I got a Ninja 1 and 2. Ninja. That's, that was the, <laughs> yeah, that was and, the pitch. Well, and, and to, to make it matters extra confusion, nin, the second Ninja movie is not called Ninja 2. Yes, yes, that's, that's <laughs> worth noting. Because at that point, they, they thought that they would just own ninjas. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the undomination. Uh, hard, Rock's, hard Rock Zombies was, they were making a movie called American Drive-In, and uh, it was a movie that took place entirely at their drive-in on one night with a double bill, and they needed, they didn't want to play like a, like a public domain movie or something, so they needed to shoot footage to play on the screen during the events of American Drive-In. So they made this thing called Hard Rock Zombies, and just figured we'll make a few scenes that we can show in the background. Uh, and then they were having so much fun, they just kept making the movie. <laughs> and they made themselves what a movie it is. Here we go. I wanna hold your hand. movie's insane beyond belief I mean there's so many things there they you know it's just got things like like a tarantula for no reason you know like lots of stuff for no reason you know Hitler's two kids both little people for no reason one is an eye patch no reason uh, you know uh, there's a scene where where the, 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 the his kids ask if they can watch him and his wife have his their mother and him uh, get it on uh, asked if they could, and he's like, "All right, this time you can watch us bone." Basically, uh, it's it's there's levels on this thing that none of us can ever explain to anybody. There are several movies within the movie. I yes, think that's the... there is. It's it's just uh, an unbelievable thing. I, I don't know what else. But to say really, about you it. know, my favorite part, uh, you know, besides all the rest of it, is the fact that. That you have a hard rock band who is actively avoiding groupies and yeah, having I, any kind of sex. Yeah, yeah. The opening of the film, yeah, there's a whole ton of groupies, and they're like, "Well, they may be underage, so uh, you know, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna take that chance." See, uh, as as musicians in the '80s tended to do. It, it's uh, it's a wholesome family a, movie. The '80s were a different time, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I applaud them for it, personally. I oh, ab absolutely. I, also I, see, I, I always contemplate whether I should spoiler that Hitler shows up like a half hour in, but I feel like if you're 25 minutes into this thing, uh, you're going to have forgotten that Hitler shows up because it will make that little sense, that your brain will have rejected it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And then you'll get to the scene and you're like, 
oh, so Hitler really is in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because because I think the first 25 minutes and the last, uh, whatever it is, 90, or, or <laughs> no, no, no the, last, the last hour, are significantly different. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, we watch this all individually. I mean, if we could get together and watch this, the level of entertainment movies like this and Ninja 3, the more people you have who love this type of movie you can watch with them, the more fun you're going to have, right? And uh, someday we have to have a marathon. Now now I'm going to be ordering that Blu-ray with extras, uh, Hard Rock Zombies. Someday we got to sit there and put that together with Miami Connection and, uh, and Ninja 3 and just have like the best night ever. Well, look, there's four chairs right down there and a big screen right here. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I don't know. <laughs> I think those three movies added up are still shorter than the Lord, one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I think you're right. <laughs> or the new Batman, definitely. So then, you know, uh, briefly, uh, Jim, do you do you remember what's at the bottom of oh, the octagon? I, I remember. What is the bottom of the octagon? It's a food fight. I think is still at the bottom, uh, or or it might be uh, the Great Rupert. Well, the Great Rupert's pretty low. Yeah, the Great um, Rupert pretty low. Fruit fight pretty low, and and, and uh, China salesman. China salesman, I believe, is the is, is the bottom, and uh, yeah. uh, I think the third from the bottom is uh, is is one that I still defend. Uh, Among the Shadows, starring Lindsay Lohan. You know, that's terrible. Yeah. That's well, and, not fun. And now there's there's movies that so for instance, I brought American Psycho to with Mila Kunis. And of course, the great William Shatner to it. And I honestly thought, because I loved the movie, and I thought that Shatner especially was amazing in it, that that I thought that it would have scored higher, but then it didn't score higher. And I think that was the thing that, that confused me about it. And I think that's sometimes where we choose these movies, and it's just like, wow, that didn't that didn't turn out as I expected. Yeah, we do uh we do have uh some and sometimes you just get surprised or or you get the movies that are you they are too self-aware and they're just not as much fun if they're that if they know kind of that they're doing what they're doing uh if they know that they're trying to get uh, a rise out of you or get a laugh out of you uh they're not quite as fun uh, and absolutely. and nick is certainly not afraid of taking his shots no i mean uh food fight you were sure that was going to score high um, well, not, not, uh, I like to torture you, too. Mm. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, well, food fight. And I, I like to ask the question, what is a cult film? And I think I'm braver and I go out on a limb way more often than other people. That's why some of, some of my picks rate really low. Really low, yeah. I but also, think, really, also really high. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, think, you, you I, I think Nick actually too. has as many in the top ten as he has in the bottom ten. And I mean... <laughs> I, I think uh, The China Salesman is probably a cult film no. in some sort <laughs> no. of sense. It's just so long and boring that no one's yeah, bothered think, to finish it. Well, that, that's the thing. I literally tried. This is the only movie I have not been. I did never finish for the podcast. I tried five times to watch this freaking thing. It, has, a it, has, Seagal. it has Steven Seagal fighting uh, Mike Tyson in one of the greatest moments I've ever seen on cinema. And that's like 90 seconds. And then there's like another 100 minutes of something else going yeah, on. But, but of, of a whole a different cast. Yeah. <laughs> like Steven Seagal and Honestly, Mike Tyson are in about 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then the rest of it is is like a almost, like based on a true story. But go look them at that up. That uh, is worth watching. But don't watch line. it. Don't watch it. We should have brought it. that Don't watch clip. the full movie. Yeah, just watch that, that one scene. Watch Mike yeah. Tyson and... And, uh, you know, who do you think wins? Mike Tyson or Steven Seagal? I mean, it's, you know... Well, it, it's gonna... a question for the ages. It yeah. really is. Not to mention Steven Seagal doesn't stand up. <laughs> no. He's Steve... Well... I feel like that, that, that... I feel like that movie was based on Mad Libs. Um, <laughs> name a celebrity. <laughs> what by Vladimir Putin? <laughs> he did the Mad Libs. Oh yes, yeah, Steven Seagal, best. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts as we wrap up here? Well, uh, Jim, why don't you tell everybody where they can uh, find us, where they can keep up with us, and uh, more importantly, where they can keep up with We Talk Podcast at this wonderful expo that we're attending. All right, if you uh, for those uh, who are here at the expo this weekend, uh, we are at CM55, that's in the community section, uh, and uh, we're facing the main stage, so please speak loudly. 
Uh, and uh, we are sponsored by wetalkpodcasts.com, which is the home of the Octagon, where we keep track of our search for the ultimate B-movies. Uh, we are also on Instagram. Uh, we Talk Podcasts is on Facebook, and they are on Twitter. Awesome. And well, LinkedIn, I'm assuming. Oh, link, sure. Yeah. MySpace? And, and there's a Patreon. And we are we have a Patreon. Uh, and uh, exclusive content. Yeah, movie uh, shorter pieces uh, that don't fit into the octagon, but yeah. uh, are crazy fun. Yeah. yeah, music videos and and yeah, short films that type of thing. So. More chances to hear us talk. <laughs> yeah. And really, that's <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't want that? But anyways, I think that we are good for today. So thank you to the Calgary Expo for hosting us. Thank you to the Calgary Expo for uh, allowing us to share our insanity. And, uh, and to all the volunteers who make this happen. So anyways, uh, for Jim and for Jack and for Nick, I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown.